This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today I'm delighted to say we're joined by Jeff Halley in Singapore. Good morning from London, Jeff. How are you doing? And good morning from Asia. It's ever a pleasure to be here. The pleasure is all ours, Jeff. Quite a busy morning thus far. Uh, We've seen some big drops in Hong Kong, and that's related to China, which could have an effect on European markets when they open shortly. What's happening? Yeah, there's two things going on in Hong Kong. The first one is that uh, Macau announced uh, some sort of inquiry into the operations of casinos in Macau overnight, part of this ongoing government crackdown across various sectors and also made noises about increasing uh, domestic ownership stakes. So that sent uh, uh, stocks like Las Vegas Sands in New York sending a much lower overnight. Now some of those gaming stocks are also listed in Hong Kong and they've plunged. So that was uh, always going to set uh, Hong Kong off for a tough start to the day. And then we had the uh, the mainland China uh, data releases today, fixed asset investment and industrial production came in lower than expected, raising nerves about the pace of the uh, China recovery having peaked. But the real shocker was China retail sales. That only grew by 2% instead of the 7% forecast. Huge miss to the downside uh, and uh, the, the ensuing uh, concerns about uh, Uh, China consumer confidence. Now, Chinese uh, officials have tried to uh, make light of a a dark situation by saying it was caused by uh, pandemic lockdowns and uh, flooding last month, but you can't really get past uh, whether the ongoing restrictions and clampdowns on all of these tech, education, you name it, sectors uh, that the government has been uh, aggressively pursuing over the last few months is not in itself sapping consumer confidence and it is probably leading to quite a lot of job losses as well and that's set a fairly dark mood right across Asia today perhaps only mollified by the fact that markets are perhaps pricing in a higher chance now that China's government will indulge in some good old-fashioned fiscal stimulus into the quarter four. And what effect do you think this is going to have on European markets and the US later on today? Well, it's hard to see Europe um, opening positively, to be honest. I think uh, Wall Street closed lower overnight post the inflation data as concerns continue to mount that uh, the US recovery is faltering. Uh, That same theme has been running right through Asia, helped along by the Chinese data, which uh, would suggest exactly that is occurring. So I think uh, with Asia lower and Wall Street lower, then uh, Europe will not be immune uh, to those uh, to those forces, and, and we're going to see Europe open lower as well. It's a pretty light data week now that we've got this China data out of the way. We've only got US retail sales, so I think sentiment and headlines will drive markets for the rest of this week, uh, and that sentiment is not rosy at the moment. We've just had the latest UK inflation figures, Jeff, and they've hit 3.2% in the year to August. That is the biggest increase since records began in 1997. Now, how much should we look into these figures? They're being played down by some uh, in and around the Bank of England because of the extraordinary events that we've been going through over the last 18 months or so. Uh, The ONS, the Office for National Statistics, has urged caution 
into reading too much into those price increases, which it described as temporary. But I'm worried that actually this is going to be more long-term than many are predicting. What do you think? I guess it's what your definition of temporary is. And uh, I guess if you're the government trying to play this, uh, these numbers down, uh, temporary might be a lot more temporary than what you and I consider to be temporary. Look, we can't gloss over these numbers any other way. I mean, PPI, core inflation, uh, headline inflation, all massively higher. Now, Britain runs a very large trade deficit. Thus, when the cost of import uh, uh, of overseas inputs like energy, um, semiconductors, uh, raw materials, uh, or generally imports rises, then inflation by default will probably rise in the UK, assuming demand remains robust, which it is. And I think this is what we're seeing. You're also dealing with labour shortages there. You're dealing with logistical bottlenecks. The price of gas is rising dramatically as well, natural gas, which doesn't bode well for uh, winter heating bills and electricity bills. So I, I actually am erring rather more towards that temporary inflation being a lot more temporary than the government's letting us to temporarily believe. Yeah, although it is true to say that if we compare it with last August, this number, this was when the uh, famous or perhaps infamous Eat Out to Help Out scheme was running and uh, we got a 50% state back discount. So perhaps those figures are a little bit skewed by that. But if you look at things like natural gas, uh, we're talking about that off air and that really is starting to, to show big increases in oil continues to rise wti since we spoke on monday has now gone through 70 dollars a barrel and brent is up as well what do you think i mean is this having an effect by the way on on sterling yeah, look uh, sterling it hasn't really reacted to the data today but i mean when we look at the month on month numbers which strip out those uh dining vouchers that you're talking about the month on month numbers are also much higher than expected as well. So it says to me that the direction of travel is to the upside with this data, yeah? Now, we were talking about natural gas prices off air. They've been climbing hyperbolically, if you look at the charts. Uh, natural gas storage in Europe is uh, much lower than it normally is on a seasonal basis. Uh, all of this, and, and we haven't even got to winter yet. So to me, those inflationary pressures are are going to persist uh, right through the winter. So when does temporary become temporary and when does it become not so temporary? Because we've been seeing these price pressures uh, all year and I, and I don't see any uh, huge changes in the UK labour market either. I think you know, we're reading all over the world about driver shortages and et cetera, et cetera. I, I think those inflationary pressures are going to persist in the UK. Now, that would technically be uh, positive for sterling, but I think we're going to need to see some uh, concrete comments from the Bank of England that they are looking closely at interest rates or at tapering in order for sterling to react. But I think overall sterling now is going to be very well supported on any dips below sort of 137 going forward versus the US dollar. I don't want to talk up inflation too much, Jeff, but you mentioned a number of factors. We're almost getting to a perfect storm for all the reasons why we have inflation in the world. You've mentioned shortages of labour. We've got shortage of supply. We've got commodity prices going up. We've got all sorts of other factors involved. When they all come together, it could be quite ominous. Yeah, the, the, 
it, it will especially be if growth falters because when prices are going up everywhere but growth is going down, that's a very ugly corner of economics called stagflation. It's also really hard to get out of it as well once you're into it. Hmm. I mean, think about the 1970s, I guess, in the, the UK. Now, I, I don't want to panic listeners into that sort of thing, but you know, we could be in for a situation uh, on a lesser scale of, of that sort of uh, moment happening. And I don't think it'll be just the UK, potentially, that's going to be suffering on that. When you look at the China and the US data, the momentum seems to be coming out of that as well. Yeah, I mean, we've been through such an extraordinary time uh, over the last year and a half, you cannot expect things to get back to normal. There has to be some sort of weird reaction in response. And all this trillions of dollars have gone into the global economy to save uh, ourselves uh, from disaster. And there's going to have to be, you know, some sort of payback. You would think so in, in, in some ways. I, I guess the big challenge for the central banks is to manage uh, manage that correction uh, when it occurs in such a way that it doesn't resemble a crash, so to speak. Uh, it, all this quantitative easing over the last 12 years since the global financial crisis, 12, 13 years, has pushed up asset prices to incredible levels. Uh, it's going to be quite hard to put that genie back in the box now that the world is addicted to zero uh, percent money. So how do we avoid a taper tantrum? I think these themes will start to dominate proceedings in, in, in quarter four, particularly if that transitory inflation looks a lot less transitory than what was first postulated. Couldn't agree with you more. OK, let's look ahead to the next two or three days before the end of the week. What else should we look out for? Look, we've got US retail sales on Thursday evening, uh, uh, my time here in Asia. Now, that will be the main data point uh, for, the, for the rest of the week. There's a lot of tier two data, but that'll be the main one. Now, I, the, the risk here is that US retail sales comes in lower than expected. That will give more momentum to uh, this uh, peaking growth sort of trade and taper, uh, uh, the push the taper expectations back. Uh, it's unfortunate that the US government's also talking about raising corporate taxes by around about 5% uh, at the same time. So that might create a, a perfect storm of negativity. So that's not probably going to be very good for equities until the end of the week, but it should be positive for the US dollar, which is a haven trade. Next week gets a lot more juicy, though, because we have an FOMC meeting, but we also have a plethora of uh, central bank uh, policy decisions next week. So we should get a lot more um, some more thematic inputs to get our teeth into rather than trading on uh, momentum, sentiment uh, and headlines, uh, which is how the rest of this week will be dominated. OK, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Have a good day. Always a pleasure. The Oanda Podcast.